Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Valkyries podcast. Um, you are with your host, Coley, or Nicole. Um, I am Coley Tangerina on Twitter. Uh, I have, in the past, been Constance Cravens, who was a sex colonist for Salient for a couple of years. Um, surprise! Yeah, you don't stay pseudonymous forever. I am kinky, I am queer, I am poly, and I started this podcast to talk about sex with fellow pervs. The idea is that I will have a different guest every month, uh, and some of those guests might be subject matter experts, but often we're pretty much just pervs with lots of interesting different experiences. And I think that the whole point of this is that it's fun to talk about sex, it's demystifying to talk about sexuality and relationships, and... If there's anything I learned as a sex columnist, people love the opportunity to ask anonymous questions uh, to their peers. And so that is to say, we're not experts. Sometimes we might be. But um, we're just kinky, interesting perverts. Uh, We take questions at our website, which is thevalkyries.co.nz. And at the moment, I have 11 questions from incredible thoughtful lovely people who are all anonymous and I have no idea who any of you are but I do know that you're all very clever because your questions are all incredible Uh, and we answer the questions on the monthly podcast um, following a co-papa which is ever evolving and ever uh, listening to you and your thoughts which is uh, at thevalkyries.co.nz slash co-papa I am over the moon to introduce my very first fellow perv, Amy Wee. And I'm she's just so pervy and so incredible that I just can't even fit all of her perversions into one introduction, so I'm going to get her to do it herself. Hi, Amy. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I feel a bit <laughs> weird about this. I've never done this before. <laughs> it's only weird the first time. <laughs> so, all right. So I'm Amy Wee. I live in Australia. I'm... Uh, if I had to sum myself up, I would probably say that I'm a kinky, queer performance artist, but I also run a blog called Crevice Canyon, um, where I it's basically a safe space for sexually adventurous queers. I review sex toys and Do a lot of queer porn. Free sex toys? Well, free, like it's it's hard labor having to review them. Is you know? that? Yeah, okay. you know, a lot of work goes into it. Okay, yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm not even remotely jealous about that. And if anyone wanted to send me sex toys, they definitely should not do that because I would find that terrible <laughs> and very yeah, laborious and bad. I could probably hook you up. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Right, good. <laughs> what else do you do, Amy? Well, I I get around a bit, you know. <laughs> um, I'm pretty much a professional pervert. I have a, a bunch of different jobs. I... I'm also um, sex editor for Penthouse Magazine. I work in a dungeon. I do a lot of writing for the sex industry. I I get around. She says, <laughs> I get around. Uh, as a, an Australian sitting in my <laughs> lounge in Wellington. And sometimes I uh, get around dressed like a clown. You know that happens too. Yeah, but that's a whole nother podcast. That is a whole nother podcast. <laughs> There's a whole other podcast that I'm going to gently opt out of, <laughs> given that clowns is, is an anti-kink of mine. Um, I want to ask you what I hope will be the foundation questions for all of our guests. So you're the very first person to answer these questions. Wow. Yeah. No pressure. No pressure at all. 
Um, what is your favourite thing about sex and sexuality? The endless possibilities, I think. I think the fact that it's it's different with every single person every single time. Mm. Um, I want to know what yours is as well. Because it's the first time, so I should just do it? Yeah. Come All on. right. Well, let's, let's, do, let's finish with you, and okay. then I'll do me. All right. And then I'll do me. And then you'll do me. <laughs> yeah, do that If you could tell your younger self something about sex, what would it be? Oh, jeez. You look really overwhelmed. <laughs> I was just sure I was just mesmerised by the terrible sex I had as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just say that there's there's no game, there's no playbook, basically. Just go with what feels right, mm. and it'll probably take you a long time to discover that. And that the porn that you're going to watch for the first few years isn't a good thing to copy possibly like <laughs> oh that is yeah oh, i wish i'd known that Thank you. <laughs> um okay pick one you could give us a sex tip you could tell us the wildest things you've done or the wildest thing you've done or you could tell us about an underrated sex position or a really sexy song <laughs> All right. Um, okay, there's a song. You need to listen to the song called Toes by the Glass Animals. Sexiest song ever. Nice. Yeah. I like the Glass Animals. Yeah, that's I a good really song. like their song that was in Magic Mike too. Which one was that? Gooey? Yes. Yeah, that's a good one as well. Very we'll, we'll listen to Toes later. It's all like lush and. All right, we'll listen to it later. <laughs> okay, I'm excited about the sound of that. Um, I think. For me, my favourite thing about sex and sexuality is how it changes over time. How you can be into something when you're 17 and then into something very different when you're 27 and hopefully into something even more different when you're 37 and onwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the opportunity to get to know myself and other people in ways that surprise me. I sometimes find myself discovering that I'm into something in the middle of something that I did not I wouldn't have picked that at the beginning, but halfway through you go, hmm, how about let's try this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that, as long as you're with someone who's who's game. Mm-hmm. If I could tell my younger self something about sex, it would be to go to the toilet after you've had sex. Because <laughs> that's how you get usually guys. Um, and somehow nobody told me that. So mm-hmm. boy, was that a fun first few months of fucking and going, why does it hurt when I pee? Um, I think I'd also tell myself that you're an idiot for being embarrassed to talk about safe sex ah, with partners or to ask history or, you know, absolutely. for fear of being unsexy, you know, because that's... Nothing's less sexy than getting an STI. Exactly, than worrying. Yes. Um, for me, a sex tip. A wildest thing I've done, an underrated position or a sexy song. I'm going to jump on the song train. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just discovered Babylon um, by uh, an artist called SD something or other. I'll post it on the website after this. But um, it's featuring Kendrick Lamar and it's absolutely beautiful and the song is called Babylon. So I reckon if you just searched Babylon featuring Kendrick Lamar, you'd find it and then you'd be like, oh yeah, that's an acronym. (laughs) This person's name is an acronym and that's why Coley couldn't remember it. Um, (laughs) So I 
thought that what we would do is start off talking about something, a, a hot topic or um, anything really, and then move on to answering all you babes' questions. And I thought that, um, so Amy has been my guest over this very special weekend for me, and we've had lots of discussions about polyamory. And so I wondered if we might have a little discussion about that um, before we, we put our thinking caps on. Great. For other people. What, how would you define polyamory? Well, it's just more than one, I think. The ability to love more than one person at the same time. Mm. Do you think it always has to have love involved? Well, no. Oh, well, I don't know. How do you define between open and... No, I don't think so. Mm. Just the ability to explore and form different relationships, whether that be love or fondness, you know. It doesn't have to be love to define as poly. Definitely. I think, um, so I identify as poly. Do mm-hmm. you, Amy Wee? Well, I would say that the relationships that I have are poly. Mm. Um, yes, I, I guess I would. I, I don't really use it as a label for myself, but it definitely it fits my lifestyle. Mm. Yeah, I don't love it as a label because I think there's a lot of loaded, yes, same loaded um, imagery around it, and um, I think a lot of that stuff is quite unfair. But when we haven't um, unpacked it yet and we haven't learned to challenge those stereotypes because people are only even just learning about polyamory, let alone the stereotypes, it still feels a bit scary to wear that as a label on your T-shirt. Eh? <laughs> I think I feel like the term open relationship really fits some people. Um, so I like that that's an alternative to polyamory, especially because a lot of people are like, what is polyamory? And mm-hmm. open relationships sometimes answers that question. Would you define open relationships as just sex or...? No, I think open is pretty open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's important for people to be able to choose what fits them. Open doesn't fit me because it just doesn't quite feel right. Poly fits me. And also... Um, kind of like the ambiguity of it what does it mean for me it's different for everybody yeah how do you what do you think the main challenges of being polyamorous uh, I think the first one is pretty obvious which is communication mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. have to be I think you have to be yeah on top of your communication game you're juggling feelings you have to be really fantastic at setting boundaries and you have to have enough time for you need to accept you know. Google calendars, Google shared calendars, mm. as your lord and saviour into your life. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing with Polly is, from what I've learned, is that you can talk about something forever, but it you don't actually know how you're going to react or how a partner's going to react. You can't calculate that, but you, you still need to be able to talk about everything. So it's hard because you can't plan. You, mm. cause you, I don't know. I agree. And it is difficult. Because sometimes in poly, say you've got a partner and you're exploring something with another partner, when there's rules put on about how far feelings can go, it's it's really hard to control. You can't. How much can you really control? You emotion. know, somebody else's emotions or your own. I don't know. Totally. It's, yeah. It's loaded, but when it works, it's beautiful. When it works, it's absolutely beautiful. I think another main issue with poly and often one of the first ones that people bring up is jealousy and how do you get over jealousy yes 
one of the biggest learnings for me has been that you don't get over jealousy and expecting yourself to get over jealousy is really exhausting. Mm-hmm. And then when you feel jealous, you not only do you feel jealous and that's kind of a crap feeling, but you also feel guilty for feeling jealous because you haven't mm-hmm. yet gotten over jealousy. And I think you can feel angry at yourself because you logically know that your jealousy is feels silly because you know that this person loves you, mm-hmm. but you're still feeling it, but you can't control. It's, yeah... I think one of the most beautiful things about Polly is being able to just go, oh, I'm feeling a bit jealous right now, and that's actually totally normal, and that's okay, and it's a process of unlearning and constantly challenging that, Mm -hmm. Um, and being gentle with yourself. And when you start being gentle with yourself about your reactions to those situations, in any situation, not even in a relationship or a sex situation, when you start having that self self empathy and that sort of mindfulness about how you're feeling rather than judging yourself for how you're feeling it, it's quite a cool exercise mm-hmm. and, um, and self love mm. I like the idea of challenging that love is a finite resource mm-hmm. like it's a, it's a pizza and if you take out one slice then that's one less slice for somebody else Yeah. Um, nobody says to you if you're going to have a second child oh, do you think you're going to have enough love for that kid because you've already got one exactly I really like yeah I like challenging those ideas and when you start thinking about them you're like man that's so ridiculous how did we even get to the point where we thought that love was a finite resource mm-hmm. um and then you start going everything's a bit bullshit that you get taught about relationships <laughs> and how they have to go and what everybody um expects of you yeah do you worry about being judged for being poly i do i i worry heaps about it actually because I feel like we have those stereotypes that I talked about at the beginning where people are just like, oh, what? And the second that you say, I'm in an open relationship or I'm poly, it's like, oh, you're obviously really unhappy with your partner and you're just about to leave them and this is just your gentle easing yourself into Mm -hmm. fucking other people before you eventually get divorced or whatever. And that's really boring and exhausting. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um... uh... No, I don't really care. <laughs> Good job. I wish I was more like that. It, I mean, I think it's like once, yeah, once you come out, I mean, you spend the rest of your life coming out as poly to people because it's expected that you're monogamous, same as when you're queer. You spend the rest of your life coming out as not straight to everyone. You yeah. Know, to anyone who asks how your male partner is or (laughs) that kind of thing is this your boyfriend whatever so I yeah it doesn't I don't it doesn't affect me that's rad I'm very envious of that I mean I'm sure yeah I'm sure people judge think it's selfish think you having your cake and eating it too but I am and it's great what else are you supposed to do with cake (laughs) (laughs) what else are you supposed to do roll around in it (laughs) wow that is really beautiful. Um, no, I don't know. I think there comes a point where you need to just stop. I don't know. Giving a shit? Yeah, maybe that's a privileged thing to say. I don't know. Maybe I have a different attitude because I... I don't know. just doesn't really matter. I don't know. The people that I love and the things that I do, it doesn't compare to what people... Other shit people say. Mm. I don't care. For me, it's about going this is polyamory or just different relationships full stop is something that I want more people to feel are available to them 
that if they feel like the traditional monogamous mm-hmm. be together forever, have some kids, have a golden retriever, die holding hands in a rest home, like in the notebook, if that doesn't quite feel right to them, that they've got different options. Totally. And so if I can be public about the fact that I'm personally going, you yeah, know, that's not really for me. <laughs> yeah. Or it might be, I might die in a rest home holding hands with my husband, but, you know, maybe it was just after we went and had a, I don't know, visit with his lover and my lover, who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can be public about that and get people to start challenging their ideas about what options they have available to them, and that makes just one more person feel like a little bit less guilty about not fitting that mould and a little bit more explorative about following mm. what feels right for them, then I think that's probably worth people being judgmental dicks. Yeah, totally. I think Polly also teaches me it's been a long road and I definitely suffer with jealousy, you know, but I think it teaches me um, just to challenge the ideas around traditional relationships and that when I'm with a partner, it's because I'm choosing to be there. I want to be beside them. It's it's not an ownership thing, you know. Mm. So they've got other partners. I don't know. You've got other partners. I've got other partners. The idea of being able to say when you get together with someone, oh, cool, this is the last person I'll ever sleep with for the rest of my life. I think is really overwhelming and quite terrifying. Yeah. And I think it's 100% possible. And for some people, that is the thing that they're the most comfortable with. And I think that's great. But I think when other people steer down the barrel of that and it doesn't feel quite right, Mm -hmm. the idea of something else possibly being more sustainable than that, Mm -hmm. um, I think, especially for me, feels a lot better of a fit. And I love the idea of having experiences throughout my life that are with different people trying different things and if I can have a partner that's cool with me doing that and for me to be cool with them doing that then that to me sounds like I'm just going to have really great memoirs you know (laughs) I'm just going to bore my grandchildren with like oh my god Nana we know you had an orgy that time stop it I'm going to be like have I ever told you about the time yeah (laughs) I'm really looking forward to that. (laughs) Stop it! Gross! (laughs) I also feel like if you can have, I don't know, if you want to think about relationships as being a trajectory where 10 is that sort of like notebook style. I don't know why I keep referencing that movie. It's awful, but (laughs) it's really in the the pop culture is the be-all and end-all. And I don't know, one is that you have a one-night stand with someone once. If you end up having a lifelong relationship with someone that's like a five out of ten and that's all that either of you want I think that's pretty bloody great too Mm -hmm. and so the idea of being able to have like a nine or a ten and a five and maybe the occasional three (laughs) (laughs) seems great to me (laughs) why not you know (laughs) that's Mm. what cake is for as Amy Wee says exactly so why don't we answer some questions yes that's our little talk about polyamory. Uh, no doubt we will come back to it in different episodes, though, because you guys are all curious sluzzers, just like us. <laughs> so the setup of the questions is is that people go to our website and they fill out a question form, and it doesn't ask for any identifiers. It asks for a pseudonym, because it's always fun to get people thinking about weird pseudonymous names, like Concerned of Tower. 
Uh, it asks how we can help and what's going on with you. And it also asks what pronouns would you like us to use for you? And if applicable, what pronouns would you like us to use for the other party or parties mentioned? The first one is from hmm. <laughs> uh, and it says, do people really use dental dams for oral sex? How common is it? Is oral sex risky enough that it's worthwhile? And how much do they change the experience for the partner receiving the oral sex? Would you like to take this one away, Ms. Wee? Well, have you ever used a dental dam or I had not. one used on you? I have not. <sighs> well, um, I have complicated feels on dental dams. I used to completely advocate for them. I think if that's a, if that's a barrier you want to use, go nuts. Um, then I heard recently that there's actually no proof that, sa- that says that dental dams actually stop infections being transmitted um wow. yeah that's that's what i heard through um acon in sydney that there's no scientific evidence that... tell us about acon what's acon so acon are this great organization in sydney and they do a, a lot of work um with hiv and also within the queer community they have they do a lot of work for queer women and trans people, um, they're absolutely fantastic. They also run a project called I Love Claude, which is iloveclaude.com, and that site is for sexually adventurous women. It's an art project. They also send out free play packs to people within Australia. Um, they're, they're just fantastic, and I do a lot of work with them. Awesome. I, I love them. Um, yeah, so... I don't know. I think it's up to you if you want to use them. Yes, you can definitely, when I say that, yes, you can definitely catch things by going down on someone who Mm. may have an infection, especially if you've got cuts in your mouth, that kind of thing. But it's not a foolproof exercise. No. So obviously, obviously the risks are lower than with, you know, um, P and V kind of hetero. I don't want to say hetero. P and V kind of sex rather than oral sex, but you still you can still catch stuff. It's still risking. Yeah, so I I guess I look at it in terms of I I don't know. I just like to have the chat about where people are at with their STI testing. That awesome. would be a chat that I would have if I was unsure. I I wouldn't, you know. But it's with sex comes risk, so. It's up to you. I have used them during sex and I've had them used on me. Um, does it change the experience? Yeah, of course it does because mm. you have a sheet. Although it's really thin, you have a sheet of rubber between you and a body part. So, mm. you know, the sensation, you can still... It's the, Obviously, it's just like a condom. So Interesting. All right. Um, I mean, I've used them for rimming, stuff like that. But... Yeah, I think that one's a tricky one. It's that one's totally up to you, you know. And I'm it's not, not a magic bullet for STIs. No, I'm not saying that it definitely doesn't stop. I'm just saying that they don't know. But mm. you know, it is a barrier. You can, if you want to use something as well, you can. You know, you can cut open a condom or a latex glove. It's it's up to you. Awesome. I personally will have a conversation and then take a risk. Good to know. That's a really honest but I, answer. I think you. it's worth Googling. Like, you can, there are resources out there where you can see what STIs you can catch and how likely and things like that. Uh, is ACON one of those websites? Yeah, I believe so. Awesome. What's their website? 
So it should be um, AC. Yeah, Owen. Google Acon. <laughs> so it looks to me like acon.org.au. Yes, that's the one. The power of the internet. <laughs> so awesome. check out Acon. They're a friend. Well, good luck. Hmm. <laughs> good luck to you. Hmm. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, please do. The next one is from Dreamer, which is a bit cute. Uh, and they've said, my partner has a much lower sex drive than I do. I often dream about having sex with other people, but can never fully let go enough to get my dream sex on. Man, that sounds frustrating. How can I let go of whatever seems to be holding me back? I've even talked to my husband about it, and he thinks it's funny, and has given me his blessing to have as much dream sex as I want. That's really cute. That is cute. That is really cute. Um, How can you let go to get your dream sex on? I don't know. I feel like a lot of guilt is wrapped up in the idea of finding other people attractive. And so even if you're doing so, even if you're, it's literally your subconscious that's finding the other people attractive um, and you're doing it while you're in REM sleep. <laughs> yeah. I think you still hold that guilt there. And so I wonder if an idea about starting to get really frisky in your dreams is in your waking life to really, really consciously feel, start start challenging feeling guilty whenever you spot someone on the street and you think that they look a bit bloody cute and going, that's a really great thing to feel rather than, oh God, that's a bit, maybe I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe I don't know my guess would be that maybe eventually the more you start checking people out and feeling great about it the more you won't get you won't cock block yourself in your dreams <laughs> what do you think Amy? I think so I agree with what you've said I'm just having a reread having a reread well yeah I wish I knew what was holding you back <laughs> Like, whether it's a guilt thing or a confidence thing. Confidence thing, that's a good point. It could be a confidence thing, because you're saying that you have trouble letting go. I don't know, just in... I don't know, hey, just enjoy it. Just Maybe you can enjoy the frustration of getting close to it, but not fully getting there in your sex dreams as well. Maybe that's something, maybe your subconscious is going, how do you feel about tease and denial? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Alright, so I reckon just, I don't know, my advice to you dreamer is to just think about whether you actually get off a little bit on <laughs> on the frustration of that, and um, and if you don't, maybe start thinking about what you can do to feel real great about yourself, especially, um, especially your dream self, <laughs> and what you can do to feel good about the idea about fucking other people, um, especially in the safety of knowing that it's just it's just a new dream life. Exactly. All right, the next question is from Button, <laughs> which again is so cute. This is what I mean. You guys are so thoughtful and adorable. <laughs> Button, I've never had an orgasm or come close, really, not even when masturbating. Do I just give up? No. <laughs> um, I think what you need to do is stop focusing on the end result and just enjoy enjoy the ride enjoy going with what feels good just 
yeah, stop going. Why would you want to go so go for the finish line? You know, mm. just enjoy. I think the more pressure that you put on yourself, the less likely you are to get to the end. Yeah, you know. And I think it's important to know that everyone does that. Yes. Whether it's with yourself or with a partner or partners, if you start feeling like you're a little bit worried about not coming or a little bit disappointed in yourself for feeling like you're not going to come, then you're not going to come. And Plus, it's about different, just trying different things and enjoying trying different things. You know, you might mm. be more into what, what? What do we got going on here? Um, you might be into more external stimulation mm. or internal stimulation. It might you might need a softer touch or a harder touch. Might you might need, need a Hitachi. Hitachi. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs a Hitachi. <laughs> um, I love your answer Amy actually I love the idea of just have fun with it don't yeah don't focus on the finish line focus on feeling good yeah well that's what I used to do and I couldn't all get them for so long because I was thought I was taking too long when I was with partners all by myself and then when you just stop and just listen to your body go with what feels good and enjoy being slutty and trying different things and different people you know and then one day something clicks awesome and then you make a mess <laughs> and then you need a towel. And then you need towels. <laughs> All right, button. Good luck. Please let us know how you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> your pictures. <laughs> Feel free to ignore Amy. That's not With a service consent, that we currently <laughs> operate. Uh, the next one is from Worried in Sydney. Oh, Sydney! They're from Sydney. your your hood. my neighbourhood. Do you guys have any tips about talking to a new partner about STIs? It definitely puts me off seeking out a new partner. And any interesting comments more generally about our cultural attitudes to STIs that I've asked for. What um, about you? How do you have the chat? I have the chat in a way that I think um, owns the fact that it can be a little bit embarrassing. Yeah. So I think if you go into it with too much of a straight face or... So how would you have the chat with me? How would I have the chat with you? <laughs> I would just... Uh, so I often ask by... I often start by asking what form of protection people like to use. Mm-hmm. If you're planning a play date with that person in particular, it's like... I don't know. I feel like it's very rare to assume that you wouldn't use any protection at all of any kind. Yeah. And so just going, what sort of protection do you want to use? Um, often just makes it clear that it's an expectation that you guys are at least going to try and have safe sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, depending on the sort of play that I was organising, I would probably just say the last, the last checkup that I got was, you know, about a month ago or whatever, and it all came back clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would ask the other person when they last got tested, just by front-footing it and saying, this is what I've done. Yeah. Hopefully it makes them not feel nervous about... It's not like you're going, so when did you last get tested? <laughs> it's like, I got tested. Yeah, exactly. Have you recently? Um, what about you? Yeah, I'll usually just just be very straight up and offer, offer up when I last got tested. Mm. And then that provokes a, clearly I want to talk about this. When did you last get tested? Or what are your feelings on the matter? Or, yeah. Awesome. That's what and I do you do. find that that normally goes well for you? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, and I really appreciate when people are upfront with me. Yeah. I've had the last person I started seeing was so horrified to be asking me, like in a very roundabout way, was asking me when I'd last got tested, but was didn't want to offend me. And I was like, just, 
Just no, ask. just ask. I appreciate. It. I find it hot. <laughs> I want to, you know, rather get that out of the way. <laughs> I think um, worried in Sydney has said that it definitely puts them off seeking out a new partner, mm-hmm. and I think like I just want to go. I just want to straight up acknowledge that that's absolutely understandable, and it's really, it can be really intimidating and. If you're not confident having that discussion, knowing that you have to have that discussion, just, I don't know. Because also, if you do have something, if you do have herpes or something like that, you being upfront about that could be difficult. Mm. I have a friend who has herpes and, you know, she is one of the people who are upfront about it with partners, even though a lot of people don't know that they've got it. She is upfront with partners and it, you know, she's been turned down quite a lot because of it, but it's her being honest and she will offer but you know she'll offer she'll just be really upfront about it and then say what kind of protection that she would need to use and that she enjoys using so it can be awkward if you've got something to share but mm. you know it's better, honesty, to, share it's better and also, to share it in some ways doesn't it kind of weed out the losers as well <laughs> You know, like, I'm not saying that people who don't want to take a risk with someone that has an STI are losers, but people who don't want to fucking talk to you about STIs, like, point blank, shut down, or act like they've got something to hide, or act like it's embarrassing that you're asking them about Mm -hmm. that. Do you really want to fuck someone that isn't willing to have a conversation with you about it? It's okay to feel nervous, it's okay to feel like it's a little bit scary, Mm -hmm. but if you come up against someone that's acting like a jerk about it, I kind of feel like that's a big red light for me. Yeah. I think, yeah, just being able to talk openly about it is just takes the stigma out, mm. you know, just... And the Warrior in Sydney's also said, you know, that they're interested in any comments more generally about our cultural attitude to STIs. And I think the fact that they've written in to ask about how scary it is to talk about STIs with a new partner just kind of says it all, eh? Yeah, totally. It's really scary. It's not normalised, even though it's so common. Yeah. Um, and we still act like it's something that someone's done if they've if they need to disclose something mm-hmm. that it's something that they've done through a fault of their own, mm. um, rather than you know it's like if someone was like oh you know I've got lingering infection from a really bad mm-hmm. cold or tonsillitis yeah, or exactly. something like that no one's gonna be like mm, well your life choices are clearly <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> clearly terrible yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But the fact that we uh, we feel weird about where the, where the health issue comes from just goes to show that we're still getting over our Victorian puritanical bullshit. <laughs> and actually, I reckon that one of the revolutionary things you can do with that is just keep talking to your new partners about it. Even if it puts you off and makes you feel uncomfortable, just keep talking about it. And then hopefully the next person that they sleep with they would have had such a good experience having an open conversation with you. Yeah. That'll make them feel confident with the next person that they sleep with or totally. the next person that you sleep with. Mm-hmm. It's like the trickle down effect, except not about economics. <laughs> Hopefully it works and it isn't evil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have the next question is from Re. Hi, I would love some suggestions for good slash great slash fucking marvelous positions for fat sex. Male and female, both fat. Right. Oh, my God, that's fun. All right, what do you reckon? As a fatty, I reckon, <laughs> I, reckon I love from behind. Mm-hmm. I just think it's fabulous. I think 
as long as you've got something that's cushioning for your knees, for everyone's knees involved, mm-hmm. um, that is a good slash great mm-hmm. fucking position. Um, I also think most positions can be really fun for anyone of any size with a little bit of little bit of creativity and that a lot of them aren't actually size dependent it's more like I've got a bung knee yeah <laughs> <laughs> my shoulder yeah. hurts um I found face sitting to be really fun as a fat woman mm-hmm. because actually if you're holding yourself up with your knees and your thighs you're not putting any weight on anyone's face no one's gonna die of smothering <laughs> even though they might actually be basically asking for it <laughs> <laughs> please smother me um if you can yeah, if you can straddle someone's face and hold yourself up, um, that's a pretty fun sex position. Um, what about you, as a as a fucker of fatties? <laughs> um, well, you know, on the st- I favorite position, if I'm wielding a strap on, would probably be to have someone on their stomach, legs closed between the thighs. Oh, that way, you know, like planking, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Like sexy planking. Sexy planking, yeah. <laughs> Hot sex. Um, but yeah, I agree with the face sitting, you know. There's no reason you can't tie someone's legs above their head. Tie them in the... If they're on their back, tie them in the position that you need. What you're not seeing is me putting my legs behind my head. It was really great, and I really <laughs> wish everyone could have seen that. Um, do you feel... But not everyone is that flexible, though, I guess, regardless no, no, no. of size. Um. The other thing is, is depending on the size. On the side? What about on the side? That can be a good time. I've never enjoyed on the side. No? No. I've enjoyed lying on my back with the partner with either a strap on or a penis on their side-ish, sort of, with a leg up. Yep. Like, it reminds me of, like, a T-bone steak. Do you know (laughs) what I mean? Yes. That's a really hot thing to say as well. (laughs) Hey, baby, do the T-bone with me. Um, (laughs) T-boner. But I, personally, I find, as a fat woman with a big butt, uh, that sometimes I can sort of cock block the implement that is trying to enter me from... From the side, so we reckon on all fours is. I just it's great access. It's a great angle a lot of the time. Um, it lets your partner grab your hips or your butt or your hair. All of those things are great. <laughs> um, they can lean forward and grab your boobs if you have boobs, uh, which is also great. I think I've been told personally that it's a pretty great view. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Amy. I meant like of oh, people on all fours. Oh, that's but, definitely you know. what you meant. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thank you, dearest. Um, yeah, those would be my suggestions. I also think, like, I know a lot of fat women, myself included, feel a little bit uncomfortable about um, being on top of either someone with a penis or someone with a strap on lying underneath you. And I feel like um, it's okay to feel that way. It's normal to feel that way. Uh, try what works for you don't feel like you have to replicate girl on top or cowgirl porn where they're basically pole vaulting on a dick (laughs) i feel like sometimes girl on top is the equivalent of taking a selfie from below yeah you know like i just i feel unflattering when i'm on top i feel like i just 
I can't relax. I don't love it, but I know a lot of people who do. Fat women included. In the dark, I'm good to go. (laughs) Yeah. Also, like, I just think if if you've watched a lot of porn with it and they're basically squatting on a dick and then just going up and down, it's like, man, you must just never skip leg day at the gym. Yeah, that is leg day. How do you do that? Um, But fucking mad props to everyone who can, which I know there will be fat women out there that can as well. It's not like because you're a fatty, you can't get on top. But if you don't love it, then, man, join the club. <laughs> um, if you do love it, please write in with your tips at the thevalkyries.co.nz. <laughs> the next question we've got is from Addicted. My boyfriend and I were in a long-distance relationship, and a while back I started watching porn and would self-pleasure until I came. We're back in the same city now, but the problem is I can't seem to orgasm with my boyfriend anymore. I can only seem to by myself and need to watch porn. I know this isn't healthy, but it's become a craving. I would like to be satisfied by what a great sex life with by what was a great sex life with my partner, but I've somehow conditioned my body. Would I would appreciate any tips to stop? Hmm. Mm, brave question, think? addicted. Real mm. brave. What do you think, Amy Wee? Well, Oh God! What I... about is it as is um weaning yourself? Yeah. I like firstly, I don't think that. I think if you want to watch porn and you feel good about watching porn, then do it. I feel like if you feel like it is taking some stuff out of your life, which it seems like you do, then we're talking about cutting it down, but not because porn is inherently bad, just because this person has gone. I'm not loving what's going on right now. So just that is a disclaimer. But I feel like maybe as a way to wean yourself down from it. What about watching porn with your partner? That's how I was thinking. Involve yeah. the partner. Be like, this is the porn that I like. Exactly. This is what gets me off really religiously. Let's see if we can find some common ground here. Maybe, maybe it comes down to, you know, maybe the pair of you might start getting off on the idea of watching other people and maybe that kind of talk could come into your play when you when you ditch the porn for a while you know talking about the kind of things that you were seeing or maybe you could visit a swingers club together and just watch maybe they'd bring the heat back mm. you know like what a great if idea. it's revolving around watching something i think you just need to yeah relearn each other if you were together and it was working and now you know then you had some time apart and now you're back together and it's not yeah i would just try something new but just yeah, what Coley said, introduce him to your fantasies. To your fantasies, talk about them. Find out what it is, like if you've, like me, got a um, a few go-to videos or niches in the porn area, I feel like if you can see a theme in those, try and replicate it. So exactly. if you're constantly watching fucking schoolgirl porn or whatever, get a tie and a shirt and a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> um... If you're watching cockold porn, have a discussion with him about whether he might like to see you get fucked by someone else, or... Even just talking about even it. Even just having some great <laughs> fucking dirty talk about it, um, about the fantasy of it, knowing that you might, you know, not be keen to actually do it. Because I think you can get into, you know, loops, like, when I get into a Hitachi loop, <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, and I just get stuck in that loop where it's, it's just the Hitachi, and then, you As know, the thing that gets you off. As the thing that gets me off, yeah. and I... And it just, yeah, it just takes removing that or involving a partner and just, you know, try something different. The other thing is, is 
sort of going back to one of the first questions where someone was like, oh, I feel like I can't orgasm. It's like, if you feel like you can't orgasm without watching porn, possibly that's because you start playing by yourself and then you're like, no, oh, I'm taking so long. Clearly I need porn. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And it could just be about being a bit more gentle with yourself. And just taking the time. Yeah. I feel like... um. I feel like I hope at least one of those suggestions is helpful for you, addicted. But keep us posted. <laughs> the next one is Technicolor Dream Boat. Man, <laughs> this is why I said, what's your pseudonym? Because people just go wild with it. <laughs> Hi, jumping straight into it. I'm a bi guy who finds it much easier to start relationships and hook up with guys. I mostly thank slash blame Grinder for this. <laughs> Even though I tend to want heterosexual relationships more, it's to the point that I feel a huge amount of anxiety when I'm even thinking about asking a woman out since it's been so long, and the fact that I haven't had sex with a woman in over a year makes it even worse. I know it's really just a matter of getting over it, but how do I do that? I feel small and overwhelmed just thinking about it. As a second question, have you heard of the bicycle? The bicycle, cute! <laughs> How do I handle these constant, seemingly random swings between attraction to men and women that occur on an almost weekly basis? Interesting. I want to hear you talk about the bicycle. The have bicycle. You, have you as ever a, been in a bicycle? As a, as a queer woman, as a bi woman, I do find sometimes I'm more attracted to genders different to my own at different times. Mm-hmm. I actually find it to be really um, chemical. I find it to be with my menstrual cycle. <laughs> right. It can be a little bit different. Um, I feel like if this guy is a cis guy, that's probably not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like um, actually swinging between attraction to men and women is probably totally normal and really common and actually kind of great I feel like rather than going oh why am I swinging it's like oh I'm just so (laughs) everything's different every week is different I feel like you could maybe try and reframe how you feel about your bicycle it could be like a wild ride rather than a Mm -hmm. rather than feeling like you're a pendulum and you have to stop at one point um because he's saying he finds it easy to get into relationships with men, but he wants a relationship with a woman. Mm. But he finds that hard and uncomfortable. Because it's been so long, and that totally yeah. makes sense. I feel like, um, so it's been a, a year since he's had sex with a woman? Over a year? I think you just need to look up the equivalent of grinder and just start Tinder. going on <laughs> yeah, start going on some dates with, if, if it's women that you want a relationship with. In particular, just start start going on dates, start seeing people, start sleeping with people, get back into the swing of it. Um, I feel like know. going on really lightweight Tinder dates, like really non. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Just really chill. Yeah, I totally agree with Amy. Like, don't jump, don't try and jump into a relationship. Just refamiliarize. You know, <laughs> it doesn't even have to be refamiliarizing yourself with fucking woman. It could just be re-familiarizing yourself with going on dates that's what i mean re-familiarize yourself with the company of women in that sense you know and if you end up having some really great one night stands exactly that could be really great but Um, i think don't shut yourself off to men if you've had you know great relationships with them um 
and just go with the cycle. And if you end up in a relationship with a woman and you're like, oh God, here comes the bicycle. I feel yeah. myself mostly being attracted to men this week. Hopefully you have a sort of relationship with her where you can say, I'm really digging dudes this week. And, mm. you know, if she digs you and she also digs dudes, maybe she can get into it with you. Yeah. Because <laughs> sexuality, be <laughs> sexuality is, is fluid, you know, like life. It, it changes Absolutely. No. Stop stressing. <laughs> Maybe you'll get into a relationship with another bi guy, and then when you're both on a bi cycle and you're both feeling like women are really hot, you can share that with him as well. <laughs> Tandem. Tandem. Tandem the, bi double. cycle? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds hot. <laughs> Good luck. Technicolor Dreamboat. <laughs> the next person that's written into us is Puddin. Hi team, I was in a long term relationship, more than five years, which ended two years ago. I'm on fairly good terms with my ex-partner, not close, but we're still friends on social media and check in on each other occasionally. Until I moved away, we would also bang pretty regularly. I've moved overseas and I'm recently seeing someone I am serious about. I've told my family, I've told my close friends, and I'm referring to him as my boyfriend. Should I tell my ex-partner or should I let him find out organically? Eventually, I'll put a pick up somewhere with me and my new beau. So should I send a courtesy message to let the ex know, or would that just be being selfish and bragging about the new dude I've caught? Cheers. No, it's not bragging. It's it's polite and nice to do, is my answer to that. What do you think, Amy? Yeah, I think so. I think it depends on the relationship they have with the ex now. Did we find that out, where they're at? Uh, still friends on social media and check in on each other occasionally. Yeah, I would just, yeah, like you said, I would just check in. Let them know where you're at and that you're going to do it. I would rather say, and, you know, I don't know. I'd rather, I'd rather say that you were going to upload it rather than surprise them. You don't have to, but it's, it's a nice gesture. Yeah, or it doesn't even have to be about the picture. It could just be like, hey, I just wanted to let you know I've met someone. Yeah. And we're dating and if you see anything about us on social media I just don't want you to get surprised or feel gross about that totally and I think sometimes it feels like overkill doing that but I think you sort of have to put yourself in the reverse situation where it's like if he put up a picture of himself with a new girl (laughs) all of a sudden without letting you know his profile picture was just them like fucking hugging or kissing at the rugby or something how would that make you feel and I think a lot of the time the answer is like oh a little bit winded you know and so if you can try and set a really set really good ex etiquette yeah it doesn't have to be a big (laughs) doesn't have to be a big deal just yeah just a heads up you can make it really light and the worst comes to worst is he turns around and goes i didn't need to know that and you can go all right cool that's fine yep don't be a jerk Um, I've recently had an experience, this is me, where I've seen, you know, I'm in that time of my life where a lot of my exes are starting to get engaged or having babies or whatever, Um, and it's really interesting. Some of them give me a heads up, some of them don't. I gave my main exes a heads up before I got engaged, and the reaction was like, one person was like, oh yeah, okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And one person was like, cool, thank you. (laughs) And then I also forgot to tell one of my exes and we caught up recently and he was like, so what's happening with you? And I was like, oh, so I'm married. And he was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And it was all really good natured, but it's made me think a lot about exequate. And um, I now feel like erring on the side of the polite 
heads up is always the way to go. Because worst comes to worst, people go, oh, I don't care. Or, why are you showing off? And you just go, don't be a dick. I'm just trying to be nice. Exactly. And close the chat. Go, have a great day. Close yep. the chat. Yeah. Awesome. The cool. next person is Willow. That's a very nice name. This is our second to last question. Do I have an exciting sex life? Sometimes I feel a lot of pressure to have a daring and interesting sex life. Mm-hmm. Mine is boring but satisfying. Is that okay? I feel like everyone around me is having an amazing sex and I'm just over here with the lights off on my back. But I'm also lazy, so that limits my options. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aren't we all below? <laughs> I think you get out what you put in. <laughs> like, you <know. sighs> oh, yeah, I guess. You know. I also feel like in the age of social media and with like, you know, sexed up fucking Game of Thrones and shit, Everyone feels like everyone else is having better and more sex than they are. Yeah. And it's usually not true. Yeah, I saw on Reddit recently under the relationships subreddit, someone had said, I am really into just having vanilla sex. Is is that a fetish? <laughs> and they were being serious. And, you know. Is it a fetish? <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, I was just thought that was amazing because it does, you know, everybody is. Going above and beyond and having all this wild, you know, or seemingly so. I think it's probably a fetish if you're like, oh yeah, I'm getting off on how fucking boring this is. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> but I feel like, I don't know, for a lot of people it's not boring. For me, fucking it's not always boring. Sometimes no. it is, depends on what mood no, I'm in. totally. I think, um, <laughs> I once saw a comedy sketch that was about how social media crops out the misery in people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> makes everyone seem a lot happier than mm-hmm. they are and I think it's probably the same with sex I think like media of all kinds crops out the do we have to it's Wednesday and I'm really tired and I've got a meeting at 8am <laughs> or yep quickly right let's just go quickly um, and yeah. so I feel I feel like the answer for me is no I don't think everyone is having more interesting sex than you I feel like if you're saying it's boring but satisfying <laughs> I feel like you need to think about where as long as you're happy why <laughs> why you've decided it's boring is it boring because yeah. you're actually bored or is it boring because you feel like everybody else is having yeah orgies and stuff and I promise that we're not always sometimes we are <laughs> sometimes we are um, and if you want to do that you absolutely can too and you can talk to your partner about it and as Amy said if you put enough effort in you'll absolutely get it back yeah um, but own your laziness and own, own <laughs> turning the lights off and just lying on your back sometimes because if that's satisfying you and that's satisfying your partner, then everyone else can fuck off with the guilt rhetoric around, I just had my fifth orgy <laughs> in five days. Just going to say this weekend. <laughs> All right, Willow, you do that. Have that, have that good sex with the lights off. <laughs> All right, pseudonym bye-bye baby. Hi, first time writer, first time listener here. <laughs> 28 female. I have been pretty certain inwardly that I'm bi since my early 20s. But apart from that tragic high school party girl patches, yep, been there, <laughs> and a very drunk foursome at 24, mm, mm. I, that I don't remember well, but I know I enjoyed. Nice one, nice one. <laughs> I haven't had the chance to explore it. I have been in hetero relationships. I've been in a hetero relationship coming up three years that began straight off the back of another long-term hetero relationship. So really missing out on the prime single time here. 
Sex with my current partner was early, oh, was great in the early days, but now nearly non-existent due to many life factors. But one is that I'm just not that excited by him these days. I think way too much about how I'd like to go down on a lady, and that excites me a lot more. I admitted in the early days that I have a leaning both ways, but we haven't really talked about it again. I know he'd probably love to have a threesome, wouldn't they fucking all, mate? But we <laughs> haven't really talked about it again. I know he'd... Oh, we haven't really talked about it again. There's an added layer of worrying that this is just how it's going to be forever, but I wouldn't want to throw a solid relationship away just because of my unexplored sexuality. Um, they've also said that they'd like to have some of their experiences on their own in terms of maybe not having a threesome with a boyfriend. And sorry this is long and maybe complex, but I've needed something like this to bounce off. What do I do with several <laughs> several O's? What would you say? Uh, I would say I've absolutely been there. Like, I literally have been there in pretty much every sense of the word, of, the, of this, this um, write-in. And um, I think that the idea of going, I don't want to throw away a solid relationship just because of my unexplored sexuality is actually bullshit. (laughs) Unexplored sexuality is a really valid reason to feel like this isn't the right time for settling down. Um, The idea of solid relationships is a really weird one, especially for women. Like the idea Mm -hmm. that if you get into a relationship with a guy that likes you, and it feels stable and secure, then you should just be really fucking happy for your lot in life. Mm-hmm. I think that's really sexist. <laughs> and yeah. I think it's totally normal to have internalised that sexism and to go, oh, I should just be lucky. I don't want to throw away all of this hard work. And I think something that I've found really helpful when I've been in that situation in the past is imagining how I'm going to feel five years down the track. And if I think I'm going to feel way worse or even more frustrated or even less fulfilled... Mm-hmm. Um, that definitely in the past has led me to end the relationship Um, if you think about ending the relationship and it feels really really fucking wrong and you feel like you're gonna just feel absolutely awful about it then obviously don't do it (laughs) but if you look if you look down the barrel and you feel like it's only gonna get worse from there deep down then I would take a leap of faith and go and find your prime single time go and reclaim it and it says here that you really like the idea of going down on a lady and that excites you. And I would say, go and fucking eat some pussy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Amy? Well, I've been there in terms of um, being in a relationship with a woman for a few years, but never having explored other women. Mm. So, but feeling like I was missing out, you know. So, you need to talk to your partner. Talk yeah. to your partner. And if there's no compromise that you can come to and you need to fulfill this, you know, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Bring, yeah, as Amy says, talk to him. Go, how would you feel about me going on Tinder and finding a woman to go on a date with, mm. seeing how that feels for me, you know? Yeah. Um, and if his answer is like, absolutely no, no way, and that makes you feel really depressed and trapped and like you're going to be missing out on something that you could have loved, then you've got to put yourself first. Totally. Because it will just get worse and it will eat at you and you will wonder and yeah, it's not fair. You've only got one life, she says, looking moonily. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the fucking Ashley Madison like 
line, isn't it? Because you you only live once or whatever, so cheat on your partner. <laughs> nah, mate, you only live once, so have the conversation. Exactly. Have <laughs> exactly. It can't hurt to have the conversation. And I think your gut feel about his reaction to that conversation will be quite telling. Yeah. For sure. Thank you very much. Bye bye, baby. Lots of bye questions, Mm. which is really sweet because I'm convinced that that there's um, a lot of bye people out there that feel like they're the only one and you're not. (laughs) Hello, you're not. Um. This has been heaps of fun. I can't believe that we got 11 questions that were so beautiful and well thought out and vulnerable and really Mm. interesting to answer and to think about and I think applicable for lots of people that were, you know, Mm -hmm. that will be listening. Um, You can write into us at any time and we will always answer your questions and we will always keep you anonymous. Um, Just go to thevalkyries.co.nz and... um, you can also read about who I am. You can read, uh, you can listen to this episode and the future episodes. Uh, you can write in suggestions. They don't have to be questions. And you can read and comment on our co-puffer. Um, this has been the first Valkyries episode. And I, it has been such a joy to share it with Amy Wee. <laughs> Thank you for having me. The queen of all the pervs in Australasia. <laughs> Um, We will see you next month with a guest that I have yet to announce, but I will do so on the Valkyries Twitter, which is another thing that you can follow, Valkyries NZ. And um, have fun, you filthy pervs. Bye. Bye!